Hey, I'm Danny Clinch, and you're listening to The State of Love and Trust. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi, and alongside me, as always, is... Paul Gilliary. Paul, we are closing 2023 out with a bang. We've got another fabulous guest uh, this week. Uh, I, I do want to say to anybody who's new, um, welcome in Under the Tent. Uh, anybody who's been here for a while, uh, welcome back. Uh the 2023 uh, Spotify wrapped stats are out. Do you have your stats? Do you have your stats? We got our yeah. stats, Paul. We got our stats. And, We're growing. Uh, I had, they are grown. And you know you know what else is growing? Uh, the jolly man's belly from uh, lots of cookies and milk. But why feed the jolly man cookies and milk when you can feed the algorithm instead? So please go online to your preferred podcast platform of choice. Rate, review, subscribe. Feed that algorithm. That was a beautifully long walk for that for that gag. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, please do that. It does help the show, and it helps uh, more people find this this program, which we really do appreciate. It is the giving season, um, yeah. middle of December, and uh, I'm very excited because this week we are talking to somebody who's been ingrained in the Pearl Jam camp for a number of years who has um, put together art and film uh, and photography of our beloved band for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And um, I I can't wait to bring him on, Paul. Very excited as well. Uh, Unfortunately, through uh, the magic of editing. Uh, it sounds like I'm here and yet I'm really not. But uh, the reality is that uh, m- my little guy's under the weather. Uh, he, he's actually severely sick this evening. And, uh, you know, last night he had a 105.2 fever. Oh, dear God. We had uh, paramedics at the house. It was it was salacious. It really, really was. Um, you know, called the hospital. They, they were like, you know, we're going to send somebody there now. Um, we had to take him down there. And, uh, you know, he's he's doing better now. Um, looks like it's a little bit more under control. Uh, but the long and short of this is that, uh, you know, he's not his best self right now. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I gotta be there for him tonight. He's been calling for me on and off quite a bit and, uh, just getting him down can be a challenge and rest is, is essential for him at this particular point in time. So unfortunately I, I won't be able to stay for this interview. Uh, but I will be coming back in on the back end. Um, after having listened to the exchange and uh, the, the the wonderful <clears throat> the wonderful interview that you, that we have planned for this week for all of you and and I'll have a few few thoughts to share there but uh, you're in great hands with our illustrious host Jason Carapesi and uh, I'll see you on the flip side as they say. Well, we uh, we're all sending good thoughts to to your son and thank you. Uh, thank you. We're recording this a few days before it's coming out, so I assume as you're hearing this, he should be good to go. Um, mm. But as it stands right now, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna whisk it away. Uh, actually, Paul's gonna whisk himself away, and I'm gonna take on a little little uh, little ride here with our guest. So here he is. He's a three-time Grammy-nominated photographer, filmmaker, and musician. 
from iconic photography of musicians, athletes, and celebrities to directing music videos and concert films of some of the biggest names in music, including our favorites, Pearl Jam. We welcome in the pride of Tom's River, New Jersey, Little League World Series champions a few years back, Tom's River, New Jersey, Danny Clinch. How you doing? I, I had to throw the Little League championship in there because who oh, else is going to mention that? you know that? what you're talking about over here. Yeah. You did your research. Well, I, I am I am from uh, Connecticut, and we had okay. a Trumbull, Connecticut, won the Little League World Series many moons ago, so I'm familiar. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a good honor to, to have. I um I, I wanted to start twice, to be honest, but anyway, go ahead. Did it really? <laughs> yeah, I think it's only one time. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. I had to start with a really silly um, we'll call it a preseason or a sound check question, and that is somebody from our Patreon wanted to know what is your favorite pizza spot in Asbury Park. Mm. Hard hitting questions out of the bay. Well. One of my go-to spots overall in Asbury Park is Porta. Mm. They have coal oven pizza, um, which is which is great. It's not like what I would call your classic Jersey pizza. Um, so there is Maruca's on the boardwalk, okay. which is, and then downtown is Tallulah's. So I have never actually been to Asbury Park, but I, I imagine we have listeners in that area who will not be sprinting to those locations based purely on your <laughs> suggestions. So I had to put it out there. Um, all right. So I want to start with um, something that is super important to any business, uh, but especially so to when you have a, a business that's essentially basically just you, and that is relationships. Um most people know that you intern with Annie Leibowitz, which is incredible considering, um, I believe one of her photos was the seat of interest for you to start photography. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so this allowed you to do, I guess, your first music photos for Spin via a relationship with someone's girlfriend who worked there. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Then you make a relationship with the publicist for the Tibetan Freedom Concerts in the late 90s, which meant you got this. T- Toby Mead. Yep, get to um, meet the Beastie Boys, engage that relationship, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. So as a photographer, especially in in the early days when you're trying to really grind out and and make this a successful career, how are we able to navigate and secure strong and lasting relationships with artists and others in music? Oh, how did I do it? Just by being myself, really. I mean, I was fortunate enough to work with um, a lot of great photographers. to see how they handle themselves and what I thought worked and what didn't and what worked for me, my personality, photographically speaking, and what worked with my personality from a business standpoint. But it really is at the end of the day, it's all about relationships. And I think an important thing that um, I worked with a guy named Timothy White, a photographer, and he, he said, you know, um, you just, you should obviously be nice to everyone because that person that, that is answering the phones, um, you know, over at this gallery or, you know, dropping off something as a PA, uh, you know, from this agency or whatnot, those people are in the business for the long haul and they're going to make their way up the ladder and they're going to, um, you know, end up being able to, you know, give you a job or help you with some production or right. something like that. So, you know, it, you know, we all like to think we treat everybody uh, nicely anyway, but I thought it was a good piece of advice. Uh, and it proved to be true. You know, everywhere you come along and, you know, my, I have a good friend of mine who used to be like just a, uh, you know, 
a low level person working at the Bowery ballroom. Mm. And, um, now he's, you know, like one of the top partners for Power Bowery Presents. And so there's a big difference. Yeah. You know, some people who try and skirt or try to connive or try and like, for lack of a better word, be smarmy about it. It feels like you're cutting off your nose, spite your face kind of thing. Like you're just looking out for that short term. Like, how do I quickly move up the ladder? But it's going to, it could possibly and probably will screw you in the long run. So why not just be a good person to whoever you meet? I mean, you know, it's... But the bottom line is that, and that that's true. And, but I think it is, um, it's about relationships. You know, it is it, relationships and communication are important in anything that you do, whether it's a personal relationship or a business relationship, friendships, you know? Um, and so you hold on to those relationships and hopefully they can be mutually beneficial. Um, right. You know, this wise. Well, you, you genuinely, genuinely seem like, you're really good friends with a lot of the artists that you shoot. Obviously, Springsteen comes to mind, Foo Fighters, Pearl Jam, mm-hmm. of course. Um, how does being friends with these guys affect the final shots? Like, is there it does any objectivity go away at any point, or is it all just upside? I would think that it's mostly upside because you can be honest with people, you can be creative, you can collaborate more, you can be, you know, it's like you know, sometimes if you're walking on eggshells and you don't know someone, uh, that can work for whatever reason. But, you know, if you're able to just get past all the bullshit, like straight up and just, you know, already know each other and you already trust each other, uh, let's share ideas and let's do the best, you know, thing that we can do together. Um, so, and then, you know, friendships are, you know, I, I think it's the, be- it's the best, um, thing about my career and about my, what I do is the friendships that I've made, um, whether it's the artists themselves or it's the tour manager or it's the guitar tech or publicist, or, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's just a lot of like-minded people out there in the music industry, creative people, um, you know, who love music and people. You know, I was looking through obviously a, a lot of photos ahead of this chat and you feel like you're like, you're in that moment. Like you don't feel like it's a photo. You feel like you're a part of it. Um, what is your process when you've got the subject in the location? Like how, how do you, how do different locations affect what you're going to do with them? You know, I am a spontaneous person. I'm a big fan of the document and I, so, you know, if I have a shoot coming on and we discuss the concept and I hear uh, certain buzzwords or album titles or song titles and things like that, that might inform the way, way I'm going to shoot it or bring me some ideas. Mm. I'm okay with like falling back on, my instincts of going to a location, finding the nice light or creating the nice light um, and being able to, you know, capture a great moment um, as well. And it's, you know, put creating a good atmosphere and putting on some good music and trying to get people a little bit distracted. So they're not like super self-conscious about getting a photo taken. Um, And, you know, everybody's different really, you know, people are, um, you know, some people love being in front of the camera and are giving back in a certain way. And other people are just like, Hey, I'm here. Tell me what to do. And all that. Mm. it's funny. You say that because you, you were telling Andrew Bernstein that, uh, I guess Jim Marshall was shooting your family and, and he dumped popcorn on his head to get, <laughs> to get your kids to react. Like, have, I, I don't think you've had to do that for any of your subjects, but are there any like interesting, funny things you've, you've done maybe accidentally to like get somebody to open up and react and be, be part of it? Um, you know, 
I'm always like uh, a lot of people on the set are, I think sometimes they want to really control it. And they're like, you know, mm. don't get in the way of the band. Like I'm, I'll be talking to them. Don't, you know, um, don't engage with that. Like not me. I'm like, crank up some music, distract the band, you know, make them laugh, whatever it might be. And I really don't know how I do that. I just, I just play good music and I try to, you know, I, I just try to find the moment, um, you know, and sometimes people don't have to do anything and it's just a beautiful, you know, beautiful atmosphere, good light, good location. People, the idea is like, is really to sort of like to get everybody looking, looking good, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. and it's not, it's not easy to do. You have five, sometimes five people in a band or more. And, um, you know, you got to get everybody into a spot where they all feel like they, you know, they, they, look their best self you know i mean that's the goal is it kind of like herding cats sometimes oh yeah yeah (laughs) i always by the way i i I always stone is always talking he's in the back talking to matt and i gotta be like yo Stone." (laughs) i was just gonna say is i mean obviously this is a a very pearl jam centric podcast like what what are the how do you get wrangle those cats like (laughs) is there anything well you know the fact is is they all seem to be like such good friends still you know? Yeah. And so it's really not that hard. I mean, they are all like, you know, if you're in the studio and you got to pull them aside to do a photo or something. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like, it's like hurting cats, but like once everybody's together, you know, it's just as much challenge to me, I think, as it is to them to just present their best self or to just let themselves relax and trust that I'm, I'm onto something, you know? Have you learned anything and, new about those guys? And like the, what is it? 20 years that you've been shooting them? You know, what's funny is uh, I've gotten to know the band quite well and creatively I've worked with, you know, them all, but specifically Ed and Jeff about certain, certain things. And it, it, I've, I've realized recently after getting to know Ed specifically and how he's such a great collaborator and he's just such a creative person. And, um, and it makes me think that like when the first day I met him, I was with my friend, Tim Donnelly, who's my partner in, in See Here Now uh, mm-hmm. Music Festival yep. that we do in Asbury. And um, so he was interviewing Ed for Surfrider and it was a Waterloo Village. It was in New Jersey. It was like Woodstock. Uh, Woodstock. It was Lollapalooza, right? 92? 92. Yeah. yeah. And um, we went back and I met, uh, you know, Ed came out and he was like super cool and chill and like really relaxed and kind of a mellow guy. And I was like, oh, wow not what I had expected from what I heard. Of course, this was pre-internet. Like you couldn't look on your phone and see a Pearl Jam show. You know, you'd have to like, you've only heard the lore of him climbing scaffolding. Yeah. 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 And you know, and you've heard a little bit about it and you know, and then you meet the guy and it's like, wow, this guy's just so mellow and cool. Like I was really, it's interesting during the show we go out. It's like, you know, 10 record and Ed climbs up the scaffolding and, and he knew I was there photographing and he knew that, you know, I was in the crowd with my, with my camera, I'm, I'm sure. Um, and then he jumped like right over top, right over top of us. And I have this great photograph that I, and I remember, I remember what I remember most about it is my motor drive batteries died. So like when he jumped, I really only had one opportunity to shoot and it wasn't like I could go like boom, 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 boom. Right, right, right. You know? yeah. It was flying over top of me. But I got a great photo of him, which I love to this day. Um, but what's funny is um, is that now that I know him 
And I know that he's the way he looks at the world and the way he is so attuned in to people and what's going on and to the fans and everything. I think he jumped over top of me on purpose, but like, like interesting knowing that I was there and I didn't, it never occurred to me until like I, until literally like, I don't know, five years ago or something after working, you know, working with the band on um, right. like, let's play two. And well, I was going to ask about that shot. Do you think yeah. he jumped because he knew you were there? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I literally but watched I it earlier today and he might, you, yeah. you see him look at Jeff. That's or right. Maybe it was and Matt he, actually. Matt. He yeah, looks yeah. At Matt. yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like I was there in the slow, it was all in slow motion. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Look, I see Ed looks over at Matt and that kind of uh, <laughs> a little nod and he starts running. Um, but, but I guess after collaborating with them so many times and, and just knowing how Ed sort of like just very subtly um, is, you know, is, is creative uh, in, in a way that's very intuitive. And, and so I thought back to one time, I was like, you know what? I bet he knew we were there and he jumped on our side on purpose. You know, back in 1992. Well, listen, he was, he was, that was right at the beginning of him trying to figure out how to control his own narrative because how crazy was it for them at the time? And you think about how versus Vitalogy went and having to figure out how to say no and control themselves and put themselves in their own little box. So he might've already been in that process of like, well, I know I'm doing this. I can control this part of it. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, we touched on Let's Play 2. We've done a lot of concert films, including uh, The Head and the Heart, Foo Fighters, Gaslight Anthem, a New Jersey band. Um, when did you realize you wanted to move into this video space as well? Um, I Some of my favorite photographers were documentary photographers. Um, mm, that's right. Yeah. Danny Lyon uh, and Robert Frank were both. Uh, photographers that I really admired who were captured moment documentary guys doing, you know, stories about the Texas prison systems and the bike riders and like the Robert Frank with the Americans. And um, it was just photography that I, that I loved. And as I got to know more about both of those guys, I learned that they made films and uh, very mm. sort of very lo-fi DIY do it yourself type, you know, movies verite films in a way where there wasn't a lot of interviews and stuff it was like you know but uh but anyway i love both those guys i thought you know what? one of these days i'm gonna i'm gonna uh you know make a film or you know at least do a music video or something which i did mm-hmm. i did a music video for my friend bob delavante and his band called the delavantes and then i'd made my first um documentary film which was pleasure and pain uh with ben harper Ben, ben is a super talented and super nice guy. Um, yeah. I, randomly, I, I was working at The Tonight Show back in like 2006, and he was the musical guest, and I got to like hang out with him for like five minutes, and he was the nicest dude. Yeah, super the nicest dude. Um, when it comes to some of these films, Imagine and Cornice, obviously, I love that one. Mm-hmm. How does how do those come about? Do you come with a pitch, or do the does the band say, we'd like to do something video, Danny, would you want to, what do you ha- what do you think? Or is it, yeah. or is it you saying I've got this great idea? We're going to track you around Italy for two weeks. No, they they felt like it was time. Um, I had done quite a few. Um, I guess I had done a couple of sessions with the band back then, and I was making films, as you know, as you know, and uh, and they decided they wanted to sh- capture some of these um, 
shows through Italy. And, um, and they asked me and I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> this is amazing. And we put together a great team and it's really, um, it's, it's a challenge, but it's a lot of fun gathering together a bunch of creative people, camera operators and producers, um, you know, just to like, to, you know, to come up with something, you know, that means a lot to people, you know, music means a lot to people. Pearl Jam does. And, and we are all big, you know, when you make films, you're a fan of the films of the past and you want to try to make your own great film. And so, um, yeah, they just asked me to come along and, and we, um, we basically, the whole idea, a lot of times with my, I approach my films, my concert films, like in a way that's, there's always a, an op the opening is usually a little more impressionistic or kind of documentary style or like it's a little dreamy. Mm -hmm. Um, just to get, I usually shoot a lot of film for, for that part of that part of the film. Like I shoot a lot of actual, you know, and there's a lot so, of high eight, right. In the, uh, film. yeah. Super eight, 16 super millimeter, eight, yeah. not, not, not high eight, but super eight. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and 16 millimeter bolex stuff like that. And it kind of carries over through the film. So I like to do things like that and, and just be artful with it. And I think that that's what we were able to do, um, you know, with those films and the fact that, you know, we were able to travel and pull from, uh, pull from different, you know, so many different shows to create our film was, was really fun. It, it was really fun. Did it, did it get easier after, I mean, you did that and then you did the, the lightning bolt mini doc, right? The mini film. And then you did let's play two. Did it get easier because you knew more about the guys and you could anticipate or no, is it all different? No, because, um, you know, I think there's a lot of, uh, when we're talking about Pearl jam, um, I think there's a lot of bands that are willing to be scheduled and to be like, just tell me where I need to be, mm -hmm. you know? And that is not the case with, uh, the Pearl jam. You know, they, they, I mean, they obviously are, you know, run their business quite well and show up on time and stuff. But when it comes to like, their job is to put on a great show mm -hmm. and my job is to capture it. Uh, so it doesn't get easier because you don't know if people's minds change at the last minute. And, you know, we, um, you know, we weren't promised or you know, didn't expect that we, and nor did we want to sit down with the band and like do a talking head interview or something, you know, but like I would drop in on Mike, for example, and he's tuning his guitar and I might ask him a couple of questions, mm. you know, and that sort of thing. Um, and that's really fun because it's spontaneous and there's no, there's no stress building up to it and stuff. And, and so, um, no, it's a real challenge and it's a lot of fun. And, and, and I think with, uh, uh, with, uh, let's play two, um, the idea of playing on the rooftop of uh, Murphy's, Murphy's bleachers was really like kind of a spontaneous Ed idea where he was like, wow, it might be cool, you know, for us to go out and we're going to, we need to rehearse anyway. Like let's do, we'll rehearse up there and we can film it. And I was like, yeah, this is a great idea. <laughs> I was all for it. And of course then everybody is, you know, everybody's kind of thrown on their head like, Oh, Okay techs need to move you know well you're you're like tracking ed into bathrooms for a quick yeah uh you know just well, dialogue that was the last shoot day really oh really i had not i had not asked ed any questions whatsoever that was game um, seven yeah that was game seven 
And I was like, let's let's go into uh let's we need to kind of find a quiet space so I can just ask you, where are we at right now? Yeah. Like yeah. where are we? What's going on? You know? <laughs> and he's like, let's go in the bathroom. And we went in the bathroom and uh <laughs> we were in there probably for too long, and then we like came out, two dudes walking out, like one with a camera. <laughs> and I had a camera, so like, oh, that was weird. <laughs> Take your guess. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, of course, you know, Ed is always so well-spoken and, um, and, you know, uh, it was really exciting just to work on that project with him because he is such a big baseball fan. And, uh, you know, and I think, you know, the whole idea of, you know, a rock and roll guy wants to be a, you know, a star athlete and a star athlete wants to be a rock and roll oh, guy, yeah. you know, absolutely. Uh, all that sort of stuff played in uh, to effect. And, and the fact that they won was just ridiculous. Yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, you, you could tell watching let's play two that the, I, well, at least in my, my opinion, it, it looked like, okay, we're going to go in and shoot these guys two two games from the field at Ed's, Ed's from Evansville, you know, obviously the fans, that whole thing. And all of a sudden you're like, the Cubs are actually doing well. Should we, Oh God, yeah. we got to pivot a little bit. And all of a sudden the edit yeah. changes. Right. Is it yep. scary or exciting or both? Oh yeah, no, no. You're excited when that stuff happens. You're excited that like a, a, a story shows up. You know, I mean, <clears throat> funny thing is, when we were shooting it, the, you know, their manager um, Kelly Curtis said, um, and I were talking, and I and we were like, you know, if the Cubs go on a run, like this film isn't over, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. and they did, and we, you know, we did a lot of things to you know, make the film what it was. Um, and, you know, one of them was like me saying to Ed, are you going to be going to these games? Of course I knew he was going to go. Yeah. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, well, you know, if, if they go on a run, I'm going to come out, I'm coming out. And like, I got, I got to film the, the, you know, this, this journey, you know? And he was like, well, if you can find me, you know, you, you, you know, come on out. I'll look and, for Theo. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I did come out and he was generous, uh, letting me tag along and stuff. And, and, um, you know, and then I had a guy who was actually, you know, in Chicago, like going to, you know, families, garages and basements and like different bars and stuff and hanging out with people while they were watching the games and, and all that. And like, you know, it, it was, it was very exciting. And, and that kept, the story going there. And then I went to, I went actually home. My daughter was, um, my daughter was in the Halloween parade in mm. our hometown, Tom's river, uh, which is, um, uh, always on Halloween night. And she was the mascot for the school and it was her senior year. And it was, it was like, you know, uh, the Cubs had to win that night. And so I couldn't go, but oh, I was that game six or game five. Yeah. 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 Game six. And my friend was in Chicago filming like in people's like, I saw that the, like garage and yeah. Yeah. Like in the garage, stuff. Yeah, yeah. which was great. My friend, Josh Goldman. And, uh, and then um, I went to the parade, saw my daughter do her thing and had a ticket already bought and paid for to Cleveland if they won. Right. And they won. So I got on the flight and yep. flew to Cleveland and then all that went down and, uh, and it was great. Yeah. It was really, um, it was, oh, and then, and then, you know, to create, to, to continue on with the story as I go there, I catch up with Ed and he's with Theo mm -hmm. and we, 
we basically says, well, roll with us because we're going down and Theo's wife and his son, we're going to stay up in the box for a little bit. <clears throat> so I walk down with Ed and Theo and here I am sitting like basically in like the front row, right behind the catcher. And <laughs> I mean, like Bill Murray was behind me, you know, and uh, <laughs> that's how good our shoes were. And, uh, and so anyway, um, I just was hanging out and filming a little bit and then just watching what was going on and observing. It's got to be easy that. to get distracted because you're, it's game seven of the world series between these two it, clubs who haven't done anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. It forever. was crazy. And then my phone was blown up. They're like, of course, I, people were just like, you're not sitting behind the home plate in game seven right now, are you? I'm like, uh, yeah, I am. <laughs> Especially people who I know are like huge baseball fans who don't reach out to me for much, you know, and all of a sudden they're like, is that you behind the home plate? <laughs> it was pretty funny. Anyway, that was, that was 2016. That's, that's going to be we're coming up on what that's seven and a half years ago. Generally this band has put out some sort of film of its touring band or it's the, the garden um, every couple of years. So yeah. are we looking at something coming next year when they yeah? got me? Not you? If they want to do it and they want me to do it, I'll be in. That's for sure. Well, let me let me ask you this thing: Were you in any of the sessions with Andrew Watt down here in LA, shooting anything? I was not. Okay. How to put that out there? So now, because yeah. people are probably going to ask me, why didn't you ask about Andrew Watt's studio sessions in them? There you go. Yeah. Off the table. I, well, I did spend a lot of time with Andrew and Ed together. Um, obviously, with the Earthlings. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, we all went to um, Andrew's place at uh, one point to rehearse for a couple of shows. And I was there for that, which was cool with Chad and, oh, nice. you know, the whole, the yeah, whole yeah. group um, and uh, Josh and everyone. It was, it was awesome. Glenn was Glenn there too or no? Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, okay. Was Glenn there? Glenn wasn't um, there at that one. Um, but, and then I sat in with the, with the band, you know, right. with the Earth, which was always fun. And, um, but I didn't go, they, they, you know, they, they keep it real close and tight, uh, when they're recording, they really do. Right. And, um, um, you know, I have been to some, but I didn't get out for this one. Well, speaking of, of time in between projects, um, uh, still moving came out in what, 2014, right? Your book. Yeah. That yeah, obviously so. you were able to go through a large amount of, of photos and, and somehow edit that thing down. Are you are you thinking that you'll do another one? I mean, nine years is a lot of time, a lot of shots. Is that something you're thinking about or no? Always. Oh, good. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll be working on a book project soon. Okay. Um, it's. Uh, I'm always trying to be. You know. I, I'm always, I, I'm always trying to present my work, you know, in a book form and, and in a way that will be my choice, you know, instead of waiting till, you know, someone else is doing it for me. So, well, um, speak, speaking of your choice, I mean, let's pivot to to clinch collections. You know, yeah. it, it's it's we, we briefly spoke before we started recording about how other photographers have some amazing shots and they've done books too. That's kind of the you know the coffee table book of the amazing rock photos is like I got like four of them in my house. Um, and that's just what you do you when you're a fan. What's up? So you oh, better have mine in there. <laughs> Come on. Come on now. Um, course, I'm kidding. but it's, it's to have a different idea to take, say, to say, okay, I want to make 
this art wearable onto a, mm-hmm. a, a very nice t-shirt. I mean, you're working with, with a guy who's been in the game for 30 years. Yeah. Um, how did you, how did you come up with the idea? How did you say, you know what, this is where I'm going to pivot to next. Well, I mean, you know, being a music fan and having co- had concert t-shirts my whole life and loving it and, you know, just being a fan of, uh, you know, streetwear and like the old punk rock t-shirts, the old skater yeah. shirt surf, you know, there, you know, um, I thought it would be cool. I thought it'd be a cool thing to do. And, and I, I met, uh, Jeffrey, um, Levine, who's, who runs golden goods. And he was like, we should really do something. These images are super cool. And then I just, I just kept saying, I don't know. I'm not quite ready. Um, it seems like a lot of work and, you know, I don't know if my friends would be up for it and that sort of thing. And so, uh, we literally mocked up different things, you know, hoodies and t-shirts and he would send me stuff and, and I would always be just like super impressed with the quality of the shirt, you know? Mm. And I'd be like, oh, I'm not quite ready to do this, but damn, this shirt's nice. You know, and he like <laughs> sent me like the citizen cope shirt. And like, um, then we did, we collabed on like the BC boys shirt and a, and a Willie Nelson shirt for charities. Right. Uh, and we were like, Oh, these are dope. And so I decided that, um, I would, I would give it a go and start to ask some of the artists, um, you know, that I knew, um, how they felt about it. And, and, uh, every, surprisingly like people were into it, you know, and, and they were like, yeah. And, you know, I would show them some mock-ups and things like that. And then I would, uh, obviously we make a deal with the artists so that they get mm-hmm. cut in, uh, and, and the money can go, you know, to the artist or to their charity. Uh, I know the shirts that we sell of Jeff and Ed uh, jumping at uh, Wrigley right. 2013 goes to Vitology, which is very cool and honorable. And um, and Metallica's uh, goes to their charity. Um, all in my hands. Yep. All in my hands. And uh, Fish, Waterwheel, and, you know, so on. So is it, um, how did you decide on those specific shots? Um, I tried to like mostly go for shots that are more documentary in nature, like you know, things that just feel real, like a real moment. Um, so, you know, Ed and Jeff jumping at Wrigley was one of my favorite all time photos. So yeah. I'm like, put on a shirt. That's cool. You know, and I showed it to Jeff and I was like, yeah, we're going to do, you know, and Ed, we're like, we're going to do this in black and white. And it's just going to be very simple, looking like a, you know, just like with a signature yep. Pearl Jam, you know, Chicago, Danny Clinch, like I would sign a print, you know? And, uh, and, and Jeff was like, I love the black and white. Like this is, this is rad. So, um, so, yeah, so we went ahead and did that and, um, that was fun. And I showed some stuff to Springsteen, Bruce Springsteen, and he was into it and showed it to Patty, his wife, Patty, and she loved the shirts and how they felt. And that's the thing, you know, I feel, I feel kind of like a, a fashion dork when, uh, when I say it, but the guy who I partnered with Jeffrey was always saying to me, he's like, you know, you just got to pick the shirt up and feel it, you know? And it's like, there's all these little details. There's like the sewn in label and this mm-hmm. like little star on the sleeve. And when you put it on, it just feels like your favorite shirt. And I'm like, all right, all right all right you know well it's like when you go but i but i find myself saying the same thing because they actually are really nice and yeah great like if you go if you go to target and get a three pack of of hanes you know for 30 bucks okay it feels like a t-shirt but then you go to like the fancy store at the mall like oh shit this this t-shirt's like 60 bucks 80 bucks like 
oh, that's why. Because yeah. I don't want to take right. it off. That's right. <laughs> and, you know, there's, there, you know, people have said, oh, you know, what, $84 for a t-shirt? You know, what's it going to do? Tie my shoes? And, uh, you know, I'm just like, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into it. They just taking that photo in itself, you know. Well, that's the, thing, the story. A lot of photo. money into that as well, and uh, and so is everyone. So, you know, you can go on, and there are like other t-shirt companies that are that people aren't even like blinking about buying a two hundred dollars shirt, like vintage type thing. It's all made know? in California too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean. <laughs> The idea makes sense because if you think about, for example, I've got I've got a, a Soundgarden shirt. I think it's the um, uh, Louder Than Love, you know, where it's Chris is you know going crazy, yeah. iconic yeah. shirt, right? It's yeah. like those kinds of moments, and that's that's documentary style, right? In the moment shots um, on a T-shirt, I'm gonna wear. I have probably 15 of them in my drawer. It makes yeah. sense. And when you when you yeah. say, hey, I'm gonna put it on a high quality piece of garment. That I know, I know a where it's made, you know, yeah. I know the people who are making it aren't in squalor and some of the proceeds are going to charities that I'm going to support anyways, because I support those bands. Every time I buy a ticket, I'm, I'm supporting Surfriders or, or Vitalogy or whatever it is. So right. it right. seems if, if you can understand that, then you can understand why a price point is a price point and you're happy to pay it. Sure. Sure. And it's, you know, this is, it is a special, you know, it isn't a like, you know, shirt you can get anywhere and it's not a photograph you can get any anywhere right it's not and we're not like doing you know a hundred thousand of them you know it's going to be a really pre- you know a special thing and the other cool thing is what i've noticed and people have been saying is that they um you know well we we deliver them in this like really cool little package mm. it's like a Mila envelope like old school style with a window in it so you can see the shirt inside and um and then when you pull it out, it has uh, two hang tags. One is um, has got uh, my mission statement on there. And then when you flip it over, it's like a backstage pass kind of vibe. And then you oh, flip cool. it over, it has like a little story about that photograph, you know, about, you know, for example, uh, with the Pearl Jam one, just me hiding behind the amplifier and, you know, jumping out and grabbing the shot and, you know, trying to be invisible type thing. And then people are collecting the, the tags. People are like, I'm not, I'm not throwing out the tag. Like, I'm, I'm hanging on to this. It's this like the very- top of the uh, Blanton's bottle of whiskey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you just want to, you know, uh, I mean, some people do. I, th- I throw this stuff out, but whatever. Are, are you taking suggestions for other, other photos? Uh, sure. You can throw it out there. It's, you know, there's a lot of things that go into choosing them and getting them approved. And all that, but I, I was being half know? serious, but you know, there are some shots that be like, Ooh, that, that Danny shot is I'd wear that all day long. Are you going to yeah. try to expand like other garments or just, we're going to stick at the shirts um, or hoodies perhaps. Yeah, we're, I think we're going to try for some hoodies. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, um, you know, we are, we're like, we're mocking up some hats that are interesting. Um, we've gotten some approvals on uh, on these hats. That I'm a are, big hat um, guy. I'm into that baseball hats. Like they're pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I might be speaking out of turn on that, but uh, I hope not. I mean, I hope I hope to do that. I don't want to make coffee mugs and calendars, but you know, <laughs> twelve months of Danny. It's just it's just you. <laughs> um, what do you do? You happen to know what the last day is one can order before getting it for Christmas? Is that, a, is that, do you know shipping times? Um, I think most of them are, you know, 
ready to ship. So um, you could go to the Transparent Clinch Gallery in Asbury Park mm-hmm. and pick one up yourself. That's then the easiest thing to do. Then you can wait until December 24th. <laughs> uh, Otherwise, or, don't, is what you're saying. Yeah. Um, or, um, you know, probably, a, I don't know, I'd probably say you'd probably want to place an order before the 15th okay. of December. That makes sense. Say. Um, one more thing I want to ask you about is, is see here now. And mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of people know that you helped um, create this thing, found this thing, three other gentlemen. I think, I think all of which you've named already um, started it in 2018. It's obviously grown a lot. Now it's, it's multiple days now. Um, and I think, you know, the, the idea of utilizing art and surf and music and the whole sustainability thing the whole wellness thing on top of the music and how the all those things working together can create something positive how do you believe that art and surf and and music can influence positive change in wellness and sustainability with our planet well i think that um music is medicine so that in a sense for me helps in a mental health side of things um and you know, putting good vibes out into the world is important. I mean, we look, we look to people like Pearl Jam and Jack Johnson. Yeah, you know, people like that who are constantly looking after their footprint and what their the carbon footprint, as well as the other things that they're doing, and looking out for their communities and helping out people. And so, we kind of like we're taking that lead uh, with See Here Now, and you know partnering with uh you know surf rider and you know uh operation beachhead and all these other sort of organizations that look after mother earth we have a rock and recycle program there um as well where people can earn a ticket and a t-shirt by coming in early and cleaning up the beach no kidding Um, yeah yeah and people complain like about our festival selling out in like one day and i'm like well you know you can wait until a week before and go on Facebook or wherever and find a ticket, or you could also rock and recycle, but you got to sign up. And, and in fact, I told somebody about it and they were like, Oh, wow. I signed up this morning and I'm going to the festival. And, and I was like the last person that they were like accepting for a sign up for because so many people had volunteered. How cool is that? Right. I'm, maybe I'm ignorant, but I wonder if that, if they, if the Ohana festival does that too, because it's kind of like, you know, you've, you decrease the yeah. paper and, and put it over and it's kind of a similar idea right yeah. I, I wonder sure. I, I feels like ed would want to do that um any idea when we're going to know the uh, lineup for next year um you know we usually do it i think in february or you know mid-february or something. we're not breaking any news tonight oh no <laughs> my lips are sealed fair enough fair enough <laughs> it's a good um, one though i'll tell you we really love uh i mean Look, if we're talking of, you know, well, we're talking to music fans in general and, uh, but, you know, Pearl Jam fans, you know, my buddy Tim and I, it's seen Tim Donnelly, H.M. Woolman, and Tim Sweetwood from C3. Those are my partners, but Tim Donnelly and I grew up together and we, you know, found a kinship in our love of music, uh, more than most people. And we decided to make it our career, you know, and, you know, when we think back to the two of us being all like, giddy that we just met eddie vetter backstage at uh at at um Lollapalooza 92 and that we are responsible for putting 
Pearl Jam on the beach in Asbury Park. Like, it was wild. I mean, wild. And their coming out party, right? Dude. The re-coming out party. Yeah, Playing Gigaton songs for the first yeah. time. Like, that yep. was a moment. Yep. Yep. Two grown men crying on the beach in Asbury Park. <laughs> terrible <laughs> well i i will say you're, you're not alone i wasn't on the beach today but every damn time i watch the scene with dr john evans and release and ed oh. and him every time i was sitting yeah. here drinking my coffee today in my workout clothes sweaty watching it so i could you know have it fresh in my mind for this yeah. and i'm like i put my coffee mug down and i start like getting a little tear i'm like god damn it every time that scene you know, it is, it is really, really moving. And, and, uh, and my dad passed away shortly before, uh, one of the Madison square garden shows in 2003 and, uh, or recently, uh, you know, let's see, my dad's been gone. Like, uh, I don't know about seven or eight years. So, okay. Um, and, uh, and they did, and Ed sent it out to, I believe, I, at least I'll believe for myself that I was one of the people he was thinking of when he, you know, s sang that song for people who needed it, you know? Yeah. And I was in the pit photographing and I was like literally crying, you know? Wiping so that tears off the viewfinder. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, geez, I hope nobody sees me down here. Um, but, you know, it music gets you through it, right? It helps you in your tough times and, and helps you celebrate. You know, and and times. listen, you've been fortunate enough um, to to befriend these guys. And I have to imagine it makes the connections to the songs even stronger, knowing yeah. the guys who were able to to cobble these things together, and especially yeah. Ed, who just every part of him it just comes out in these in these moments, in these songs, in these lyrics. So I'm I'm envious of that, but um um, we're, I'm also very appreciative that. You've been around the guys and, and uh, so many other bands, Bruce and and the story of, of the the snow photo. And of course, Foo Fighters and all yeah. that good stuff is, is it's awesome. And uh, we're lucky to have you document this stuff. And um, I appreciate your candor in this conversation. And uh, I'm, I th I'm thankful that you came on the show. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I, I mean, I think um, I love communicating with the fans. I love when I go out somewhere and somebody shouts out my name, you know, Danny Bones, you know, or whatever. And I'm hoping that I'll see people out uh, in some of the next shows, like wearing the, wearing the, uh, oh yeah, Pearl Jam shirt, you know, would be, would be so dope. I love seeing that. That's been fun. I've a couple of the Springsteen shows, um, you know, people have been out rocking the shirt and, you know, tagging me online. And we just dropped a bunch of cool ones. Beastie Boys, Run I DMC, saw that one. That was cool. Green Day, Dave Matthews, Zach Brown. Like, uh, and we have some some women uh, I'm excited about coming down the pipe as well. Um, but, you know, it's 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 a lot of fun doing it. And and I, I'm having a good time with it. And, uh, you know, you all can see me at, the transparent clinch gallery in Asbury park. You That's can right. see me in the pit at a Pearl jam show or Foo fighters or Bruce Springsteen. I might even be hiding behind the drum kit up there. Well, I, I hope they announced the um, rescheduled Bruce dates. Cause I, I I'm ashamed to say I've never seen Bruce. Oh yeah. But you he was supposed to be here like next week and he's not going to be here next week anymore. So when that comes around, I'll, I'm going to try and be there. I'm going to be there for the next Foo fighters show out here in Los Angeles next summer. And uh, nice. whenever Pearl Jam decides to announce next year's tour and everything else, counting down the days, um, I'll be there as well. So, and, and uh, 
everybody listening will be there and uh, they'll be yelling out Danny Bones in their t-shirts. Great. Well, if you bought a shirt, if you can tag the clinch collections, that'd be awesome. Cause we're trying to spread the word. Absolutely. And, uh, and um, you guys know where to find me. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, I'll give you a state 11 trust story. Please. Um, I was, I went to Florida for the DeLuna festival and it was um, Pearl Jam, like Foo Fighters, Gaslight Anthem was on the bill. Holy shit, what a show. When was this? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was, you know, 15 years ago. Maybe. Oh, yeah, maybe, were, maybe not that long. Maybe well, Gaslight wasn't a thing for like 10 years or something yeah. like that. So, I mean, maybe it was. <laughs> I'm yeah. getting old. Okay. And uh, so anyway, we went out there and Brian, I'm not, I can't know. I can't be sure if Brian hadn't met Eddie before, but he didn't, he didn't know him and he really, uh, you know, didn't know him well anyway and mm. really admired him. And so I invited, I asked Ed if I could invite him over to say hello and and he did. And um, they started chatting and I was like, like shooting some photos and stuff of them. And, and, uh, and then, um, and then Brian said sheepishly to Ed, you know, like, well, you know, we were, are you guys going to do like state of love and trust? Cause like, if you're going to do it, we're not going to do it, you know? And Ed's like, well, what do you mean? You know, they went back and forth. And the next thing you know, like, goes, I'll come up and do it with you. So like Ed and Ed comes up and no. does love and trust with uh, the gaslight anthem. Yeah. I've seen the video of, of gaslight doing it like in like a live in studio, like a lot, almost like a radio show kind of sure. thing. I've yeah. seen that video and I knew that yeah. Brian was a huge fan Funnily yeah. enough, both of of Ed and uh, uh, the, the Pearl Jam and Bruce, which is the wildest sure. thing, and and, totally. and I think guys like the anthem is fantastic. Um, so that's that's really cool that that that's yeah. that that happened. Holy hell! Yeah, it was really cool. Filmmaker and photographer, musician, harmonica player. I didn't mention that, but harmonica player. True. True. Danny Clinch, thank you for coming on the show, man. It was fun. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Later. All right. Cheers, brother. Man, uh, Danny is super gracious with his time. Uh, he was on va- he's on vacation, <laughs> and he still agreed to chat with me. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And, and Paul, uh, you just got through listening back to it. So, thoughts? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, just first and foremost, um, I feel a, a little less guilty when, when I found out that uh, Danny... Uh, did not make game six on account of being there for his kid. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. But uh, it's the authenticity that really shines through with Danny Clinch. And, um, and I think that, you know, his relationships and, and his ability to be himself, so many guests that we've had on have been so genuine and wonderful to talk to. And really it's that authenticity that allows those folks to shine. And I don't think it's a coincidence that, all these folks who who are connected to the band and, and have relationships with them share that common quality. Uh, you know, so it, it says a lot about them as people and, and the company they keep, but very privileged and uh, very, very grateful for, for Danny to come on and uh, really enjoyed uh, the stories and all that he had to contribute. Uh, obviously big fan of the photography and, uh, I, I, I don't know, man, like we might have some competition for some, for some t-shirts. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I'm I'm very well aware of that, and I didn't want to like press the issue because now everyone's going to go out <laughs> and they're going to go buy Danny's T-shirts as they I'm should. Gonna, as they listen, should. people only have so much drawer space. That's true. It, it, it is the holidays, right? 
it is the holidays and you could still purchase one of those shirts right now. And you could next year purchase one of the new state 11 trust t-shirts, which will be voted on by our patrons as we speak. Oh, very excited about that. Not giving away just yet, but um, yeah, no, thank you to Danny for coming on, on his vacation, talking a little Mm -hmm. Pearl Jam, talking a little photography and filmmaking. Um, Hopefully we can have him on uh, down the line as well. Talk a little bit more about, about his craft. And um, you're right. Everybody we have on that is in the Pearl Jam orbit is as kind and generous and respectful uh, and just down to earth as you could expect and want from somebody um, of their status. And that just means that, you know, you guys out there who have already met some guys in the band and you have have told us um, that they are glowing human beings. It just, this is more evidence that that is true. You know what I'm saying? It's just wonderful to know that the band themselves and the community are just shining examples of what we want to see in the world. They say, be the change you want to see in the world. Well, we've got a favorite band and we've got a community that is doing its best to be that change and to be that shining beacon of humanity. And I just, I I fucking love it. As do I. There you go, guys. That's the episode for this week. Um, We hope you really enjoyed this conversation uh, with Danny Clinch. And um, we hope to speak to you again very soon. In fact, we will. We will see you again Mm -hmm. next, uh, next week, in fact. And until we do, you've been listening to The State of love and trust. Yeah.